Welcome to Airman's Podcast, episode 369. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. A lot's changed since my last episode, and I don't just mean that we're now in spring, whereas the last one was in winter. There has been bigger changes in some ways, and uh, some consistency that goes along with that, and I'll talk about that today. The biggest change is, of course, the fact that Queen Elizabeth II died, and King Charles III immediately succeeded her as king. The proclamation was read out all over the wor- all over the world, basically, beginning in London and every other country for which the UK's monarch is head of state also did the same thing or a similar process. And essentially, and in, here in New Zealand, that was done this past Sunday. And I actually have a blog post where I have a link to that ceremony and also to to some of the others. And I'll put um, a link to that in the show notes, a link to that post. But one of the things I thought was interesting in a hmm, kind of way is that the the original proclamation in London declares that Charles is defender of the faith, which is one of his titles. And that's because the UK's monarch is head of the Church of England. But the UK has an established church, the Church of England, um, but... that he also has to do a separate uh, pledge promise. He has to swear to support and preserve the Presbyterian Church in Scotland. And that has to do with the Act of Union and all that sort of stuff, uniting the two crowns. But in other in other Commonwealth countries, the other Commonwealth realms, as we're sometimes called, the countries that, independent countries that share the UK's monarch as head of state, I don't think any of them have an, have an established church. Certainly... Canada, New Zealand, and Australia don't. But our um, proclamation, which was read on Sunday, our time, also called him Defender of the Faith, and so did Canada's. But Australia's didn't. And I just thought that was very interesting. And I don't know why Australia dropped it, but I mean, on the other hand, the Australian citizenship citizenship oath is much more progressive than New Zealand's is. New Zealand, one has to swear an oath of allegiance to to the monarch, their heirs and successors, according to law. Whereas in Australia, you swear allegiance to Australia, which is how I think it should be. It should be the country first and not the monarch. But I digress. So when when the queen died, Charles automatically became king, and it was just all of these various... Um, legal procedures, constitutional procedures that had to be f- fulfilled in order for the process to be completed. And he has certain other things that he traditionally does, like he visits the the countries of the UK and so on. But it, it's a weird thing because when the Queen died, all of the flags were lowered to half-mast, including here in New Zealand, and generally they remain there until the state funeral. I think that's how it usually works. And but on the day of on the proclamation day, all of the flags were raised to full mast, and a um, gun salute was done to the new king. And then uh, I think it's at the end of the day. Then the flags are lowered back to half mast, and it's it's an odd. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird situation where on the one hand you're mourning the 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 death of the of the head of state, and yet you're also welcoming the new head of state. And then you go back to mourning the the former head of state. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But then monarchies are (laughs) are weird too. 
But I often think how odd it is that as someone who is, is a naturalized citizen of New Zealand, I had to swear an oath of allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors, according to law, which is something that most New Zealanders alive today have never had to do, um, unless they, unless like me, they were naturalized or they took some sort of office where an oath was required. But that's not most people. <laughs> most people just go about their lives and they don't have to worry about such things. Most people born here anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. But in the, in the weeks and months ahead and years ahead, there will continue to be changes. The, the currency in New Zealand, and I presume in the UK, will change over time. There is no, they don't just withdraw all the currency and replace it with currency with, with the new monarch's face on it. In New Zealand, the only uh, printed paper, well, it's not paper, it's polymer nowadays, but anyway, the only paper money that has the monarch's face on it in, in New Zealand is the, is the $20 note. And the coins all have the um, monarch's face on the front, and then the back has various other designs. And coins can last for a long, long time before they wear out. And I read somewhere that when uh, Queen Elizabeth ascended the throne, at the time, it's shortly after when they started minting coins with her face, there were there were coins in circulation with her her face, her father's, and her grandfather's. But that changed in, I think it's 1967 was the year that New Zealand decimalized their currency. And so then all of those old, older coins disappeared. We no longer had coins that were from the previous kings because they were no longer valid currency. In this case, however, it's not going to be what happens. What, what what will happen is that the coins will remain, the current coins will remain in circulation indefinitely. There'll just be new ones added as needed. And the same with the paper currency. They're not going to scrap all the $20 notes just to replace them with new ones because they, they said that would be foolish and wasteful. Yeah, so it will be some time before we start seeing King Charles face on our money and I imagine they'll probably even say in the news when the first is released because it'll be an unusual thing. But um, yeah, th th this is such an odd thing for all of us because most of us were born after the uh, queen became queen or even perhaps we were too young at the time. I mean, she'd been queen for several years before I was born. And yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a very weird thing. I talked about this in, in a blog post and also my personal Facebook about how she was a symbol of constancy in a world that's constantly changing because, you know, presidents and prime ministers come and go, but the queen was always there and now she's not anymore. And it's, it's going to be weird for quite a while, but you know, it, as I know too well, everything changes and continuing with this theme of change Yesterday, the government announced that it was dropping the COVID protection framework, better known as the traffic light system. And uh, it started at 11.59 p.m. last night when the mask mandate was dropped for most things. Specifically, we no longer need to wear a mask when we go into shops or, or indoor spaces like that. It's being dropped from public transport and, and flights. The only place that they will be required is at healthcare facilities, GPs, hospitals, um, that sort of thing, and also aged care facilities, although I don't know if that includes retirement villages. Nevertheless, um, the Prime Minister did say that that we may be requested to wear a mask in some places, like on Marae, for instance, and that we should honor the request. 
but I, I don't know. I'm, I am worried that pe if people choose to wear masks, they'll get harassed by the, the loons, goons, and cartoons who are so anti-mask anyway. You know, it, it always seems ironic to me that the people who scream the loudest about personal freedom want to deny it to others. But let be that as it may. Yeah, so that all is in place, and people won't be required to wear it on flights to New Zealand anymore. Uh, Australia dropped that as of Sunday. And people arriving in New Zealand will no longer be required to take rat tests. They will be requested to. And, and if somebody does test positive, they will need to isolate for seven days from the date of their symptoms. But their household contacts will not. They will be asked or perhaps required to take the tests, to take a, a test every day. And if they don't test positive, they'll just carry on with, with their normal business. Because normally, if somebody in a household tested positive, their whole household had to lock down, basically. What I'm not clear about, though, is that sometimes people test positive before they have symptoms. It's not all that common, I don't think, but it does happen. So it's going to be a bit of weirdness going on there and it'll probably eventually be cut back or or dropped at some point too i imagine now of course this does mean that eventually there is going to be there will be outbreaks of of uh covid in the community again and new variants as well and there's not a whole lot we can do about it now because it'll be loose it'll be free it'll be running around and it's the way it is i noticed in recent weeks that the compliance with the mask mandate was already in decline. And so if they hadn't dropped it, people would have just started ignoring it anyway. I mean, they were doing that. But the prime minister said that it will give people certainty about things like not getting, travelers not getting stranded and also that events aren't going to be canceled. And we've had a lot of that over the past couple of years. So, and, and she, she is right about that, I agree. And I also think that it's probably better, given the fact that people aren't complying anyway, to remove the requirements so that we have them in reserve in case something bad happens, like a new, really terrible variant comes along. They can be reimposed and it, we can expect people to comply. Whereas getting them to comply after they've already just given up is a much bigger ask. That, that's my optimism. <laughs> I have not been out to the shops yet. The mask mandate ended at 11.59 p.m. last night. And I haven't been to the shops yet, and I know that if I go and I don't wear a mask, it'll feel really, really weird. And I don't think I will, but I don't know at this stage. I'm going to just see how I feel on the day. I might just not feel comfortable not wearing a mask. But at any rate, it means we're in for a lot of change and uncertainty in the weeks and months ahead. <laughs> but then who isn't? <laughs> Meanwhile... Yesterday was the 27th anniversary of the date I first arrived in New Zealand and Nigel and I met in person in real life for the first time. Up until that, we'd only communicated through email or chats on eWorld or on phone calls and expensive international phone calls, I might add. And that was the first day we ever met in real life. And that was the point that really began my whole New Zealand arc, story arc of my life. And it was also the last anniversary that Nigel and I ever got to share together because uh, he died about a week later. And so it, it has some meaning and probably a bit more to me now than it did in years past, partly because September 12th is September 11th 
in the U.S. of A. And that date sort of came to overshadow um, what was happening because U.S. news was always talking about memorials and remembrances and so on. So it just sort of got pushed aside. And then I revived it a few years ago, and then I probably will from now on, at least in part because it was the last anniversary that we got to share. Today is the 16th anniversary of the Emmerin's blog. And of course, the Emmerin's podcast followed a few months later. And it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, I'm as surprised as anybody that the blog and podcast are still around. But he, Nigel, actually is the one who got me to do both. The blog in particular, he was hounding me to start one. And now hounding is a bit unfair. <laughs> he encouraged me to, to start one. And at the time, I hesitated because I thought you had to pay for it. And then he also uh, tried to encourage me to podcast. And when I started, the first birthday that I had after I started, he went and he bought me a, um, a microphone, which I'm still using, and all sorts of other bits and pieces to encourage me. And then he participated in my show sometimes and so on. And yeah, so it's a it's a significant date for me. It's a bit bittersweet because I started it in the first place because Nigel encouraged me to. And this, this it's just another thing in this particular month, which is a difficult month for me anyway, because of, of obviously the horrible anniversary that happens on September 20th, the, the this year, the third anniversary of his death. And I'm not looking forward to that. What I haven't talked about publicly is I knew it was coming but I rolled my eyes all the same when I found out that the Queen's funeral will be on September 19th, because that is September 20th here in New Zealand. Now, her funeral is going to be about 10 p.m. New Zealand time, and which means it'll be at the end of the day and not quite so bad, because then I could just go to bed. Um, I'll probably watch the funeral. But because there will be so much... there, There was is and will be so much wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the Queen's death that I think it's going to make this year's horrible anniversary a bit more present in my mind than it would have been otherwise. Which is not to say that it wouldn't have been in, in my mind, because of course it will be. I, I can't imagine a time it won't be. But at the very least, it probably would have been a bit more muted had had all of this other stuff not happened around it. So, And then a friend's... Um, husband died over the weekend and another friend's father died. So there's all this other stuff that's all going on at the same time. And one thing that I don't think gets shared often enough is the fact that anytime death pops up, even in pop culture, in a movie or TV show or, or what have you, it can be very triggering for somebody who's experienced a significant loss. And I don't mean triggering in, in some sort of new agey kind of sense or whatever. I mean that it can trigger emo specific emotions because it can transport us right back to the moment of our loss or to the, the time afterwards. Say in the case of a funeral, it may remind us of the funeral that we endured of our loved one, all those sorts of things. And the, the Queen's death has been quite triggering for me numerous times because of that. And I expect that her funeral very well could be as well. Probably not as much because there's so much um, pomp and circumstance that surrounds a royal funeral. But nevertheless, I mean, Nigel and I and a friend of ours who is also now dead watched uh, Princess Diana's funeral all those years ago. And so, and it was affecting. And at that time, I wasn't really mourning anybody. So... 
Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I mean, it's entirely possible that next week will be just fine. And I mean, I'll be, it'll be a time of reflection for me as it always is, but it's entirely possible that I may be just fine. And I, there's no way of knowing until the time, because I've, one, th another thing I've learned over the years, these three years is that a small thing can trigger an unexpected reaction, something that might not even be directly related. And there is no way of predicting that. There's no way of, of identifying it before it happens. And I'm just prepared for pretty much whatever happens. And we shall see. But that also means don't expect a podcast from me next week. Not that there necessarily would have anyway. But I, I don't know that I will be podcasting. I don't know that I'll be doing much of anything next week. I don't know. I do have a new project I've just taken on. I've decided to start reorganizing my kitchen pantry. And the the reason for that is just because it's just gotten too much. Things have been falling out and I got sick of that. So I'm in the midst of that and I'll have more to say about that when I get a little bit further along that track. But it's it's got a ways to go. And uh, the weather hasn't been very cooperative to do more outside. Unfortunately, the rain's have returned off and on, and we're in a period of rainy days again now. But unlike the worst of winter, we at least get long sunny spells as well. And so that's a good thing. But that is it for today. Welcome to spring. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Kakete no. Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Airman's Podcast at airmanspodcast.com, where you can also leave a voice message. You can visit and comment on the Amarin's Facebook page, or you can email me with or without a voice message at amarin's at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website. <laughs>